coming up in this episode. It really struck a nerve with me that, you know, this industry, be it a 32 billion pound industry, it's still not been digitized. So a year before my marriage with London Mortgage, I decided to think rash and, and quit. So I handed my notice in and left that job. And I was going to solve food waste. Not a clue how I was going to do it, but I'm always trying to fix things. You know, whether everything, I'm trying to fix it. I love solving problems. Mm. And being employed means you've got to stick within the barriers of your particular role. And I would quite quickly reach the ceiling in that position and could become destructive if I'm not allowed to, to flourish. You know, I'm a mm. protagonist type character and I, 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 I need to be there. Now it's my decision. If there's a problem, I can fix it. That's the benefit about of joining, uh, uh, building a community and a network of people around you too, is, is the community knows who these bad actors are. So the more people you have around you, the more people you can ask, like, do you know this guy? You know, do you know this person? Have you heard of him? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't go near him. The Founders Unplugged Podcast, hosted by Greg McCallum. Raw, uncensored conversations with startup founders. Always know that I'm uh, food focused, always hungry, always, you know, <laughs> watching the calories and, and all that sort of stuff. But Man, how about you? I'm, I'm the same. I'm always hungry. Yeah, yeah. M much to my wife's um, uh, frustration. But to be fair, I'm, I'm responsible for the food in the house. That's my domain, you see, the kitchen and the food shopping and all that, that's my my domain. So so it breaks my wallet. It doesn't affect hers. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I mean, I, my love for cooking is uh, is is up there with, with many of my yeah. passions. Um, it's, it's one of the very few times in a week that and the washing up and doing the pots. Um, right. But cooking is, a, is an hour. Um, you know, I like to cook from scratch. I like to know that I'm putting in lots of different variations of colours and vegetables. So that hour is very much one of the very few hours a day I don't think about platter. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I it, it, it's exactly why I enjoy it as well. Enjoy cooking as well. It's like solitude. It's like it's the it, you know everything else kind of disappears. I put on some music. I can just focus on cooking. Most of the time, there are other occasions where it's like mad rush. You know, got to get the kids to bed. Like you know, all that kind of stuff. But but more often than not, I can enjoy the cooking. So yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm I'm quite the um, quite the batch cooker. Uh, so Mondays, right. um, I'm still probably the only person in my WeWork that brings his lunch in every single day. People will yeah, see yeah. me with some turmeric fluorescent soup that I've made, which I'm proudly boasting has like 16 ingredients in it um, because I you know not I do a lot of reading, but uh, Tim Tim Spector and the gut health, uh, you know, I, I try to live by a lot of that. And there's right, me right. eating fluorescent nuclear reactive soup uh, on my lunch <laughs> while everyone's tucking into, which I can only imagine is delicious food. But um, no, the occasion I will treat myself, but not not too often. Yeah, yeah. My, my wife, um, she's on maternity leave at the moment. And she uh, says that um, she, well, when she was going into a, you know, then new job about a year ago, she was saying she got a lot of funny looks because obviously I would provide her lunch <laughs> and yeah. she'd be the only one that didn't have like the tesco's meal deal kind of thing but yeah she'd be there with like you know a three course meal and she'd get all this food. she's like can you just scale it back a bit it makes me look like a bit of a a bit of a yeah <laughs> i'm like i'm sorry i just i want you to eat well do you know what i mean i don't want you to eat a bloody sandwich you know i want you to no, eat quickly, no. so yeah yeah <laughs> anyway man it's good to see you again it's been a while um yes so so look before we kick it off properly i guess well, well we already have in a way but um 
what I like to do to get these things going is just to ask my guests to introduce themselves, introduce the business, uh, take as little or as long as you need to do that. And while you're doing that, if that's okay with you, I'll probably just share on my screen your um, profile and, and the website. So, um, so yeah, take it away. Introduce yourself, man. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. Um, I'm glad we got this chance. I know we uh, we had to bump the next one along, you know, the life of a founder. But, uh, yeah, yeah, my name yeah. is Jack, yeah. and I am the founder and CEO of Platter. And we are a all-in-one wholesale food platform. A little bit about me. Um, as you mainly can tell from my accent, I'm from the north of England. Um, a lot of people get it mixed up and think I'm from Yorkshire, but I'm actually from Lancashire, a little village called Longridge in the north of England. And my background has always been in food wholesale. My father, in fact, started a business back in the 80s, um, the same year I was born. Um, so whether I liked it or not, um, more than not, when I was younger, uh, spending my summer holidays, crushing boxes, delivering cheese around Manchester as a co-pilot. Um, and then when I left school at 16, I actually went and away from that and went and become a carpenter. Did that for two years, realised that I valued my knees and um, my hands and fingers. Um, so left that uh, line of work and went into the family business and my dad's family business supplies schools hospitals across the northwest of england so i very much started to learn the trade um but my dad being a, a you know true northern bloke um and never been gifted anything himself um, i started at the bottom so i started packing picking orders 5 a.m starts and, and eventually worked my way up to to being head of purchasing uh, as a food wholesale buyer um where i was spending you know a few million a year i did that for around 10 years um, I then decided I wanted what I didn't call back then a gap year, um, having never gone to college or university. Um, I went and did a little bit of skiing. Um, I went to the French Alps with my brother as a chalet couple. Um, it didn't work out that well, two, two brothers cooking in a confined mm -hmm. space. Um, we went and did a little bit of chefing separately on that season. And um, it was actually what, 13 years ago, maybe. Um, and that's actually where I met my partner, now my oh, wife, okay. um, mother, mother, to, mother to be mm -hmm. in in March. Oh, wow, so that's uh, my technically my second baby, first child, uh, first baby is obviously Platter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and, and my and Izzy was from uh, from London. So I decided uh, to leave the family business, go and see what the city life was like, and then went to work for food manufacturers. Um, I had a lot of contacts. So getting a job was um, was was really easy, mm. um, and I did that for around ten years. So all in all, you know, twenty years for food buyers and food suppliers who are now my, you know, my target customers. Mm. And people always say, "Why did you, you know, why did you leave? You know, what was it that sparked that?" And it was COVID, really. COVID uh, happened, and the company I worked for like a lot of companies, um, had a huge food waste problem, mm. um, heightened because pubs and restaurants were closed, granted. And I remember trying to find buyers for, for bulk stocks. And all you could do really was pick up the phone and, and try to find a buyer within your contact book. And, and it really struck a nerve with me that, you know, this industry, be it a 32 billion pound industry, it's still not been digitized. So. A year before my marriage with London Mortgage, I decided to think rash and, and quit. So I handed my notice in and, and left that job. And thought, I'm going to solve food. Yeah, very sensible, just what you do. Um, 
I was going to solve food waste, not a clue how I was going to do it. But what I quickly realized, and I already knew deep down, is that um, only 26% of ordering between buyers and suppliers is actually done online. So, you know, you've got all these businesses manually, the phones, faxes, mm. you know, the company I used to work mm. for sent a fax on Friday. So it was my mission to connect this network with digital tools that are already available and with a long-term vision that we can digitize the space use that data and we can fix some of the problems food waste food miles um and those sort of things uh, we did that about 18 18 months ago when i started that um in between that i had to uh, pay my rent um i did the national census which was kind of interesting um that really again hit home on how many people i did it in hackney um banging on doors and seeing the amount of people that you know, couldn't afford to eat or, or the families that needed to be fed. And in my head, all I can imagine was all these warehouses full of food. And that really sparked me to think about food charities and, and the donation feature that we put on for our buyers to donate this food back to charities. Mm. Um, and then the other job I had to do was uh, gorillas delivering groceries. I call it the freest time of my life. I had nothing to think about. I would work all day on platter. And then 5 p.m. till midnight, five nights a week, there was a, a crazy northerner cycling around East London, beating all the um, sales targets, delivering groceries. Um, <laughs> that soon stopped. Um, we found Andrew, my CTO, and um, started to build a business. Um, and that's taken us to where we are today. We've just recently accepted some uh, funding from the Startup Wise guys. They're a VC firm um, based out of Estonia, but they have accelerator programs um, across Europe. We've just mm -hmm. been on the B2B SaaS uh, out in Bilbao. So I was in Bilbao oh, for a couple fantastic. of weeks yeah. and we're still on that process, but it's been mm -hmm. um, a huge learning curve, um, you know, digging into company values, ICPs, you know, this mm -hmm. sort of stuff that builds the foundation for us to be able to, to scale our business. Um, mm -hmm. And we're now looking to close the remainder um, of, of the round, although investors are on cruise ships and uh, in sunnier climates right now till, till yeah. a couple of weeks in, in, in Jan, but that's fine. I, I'm due a bit of downtime myself if I can shut off. So yeah, that's that's me and Plateau, how I got there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Fantastic. And 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 so so what, what is Plateau doing exactly? You know, it, yeah, obviously that background, I mean, one hell of a background, and, and I think uh, a lot of people agree like, while it's varied, it seems like there's a common theme throughout, right? Um, so yeah, what what is how is exactly Platter aiming to solve this problem? Because it's a huge problem. And I remember when we first spoke, I said to you, I've got a ton of questions because like I mentioned, I'm a bit of a foodie. I'm an ex-chef. It's my first yeah. ever career. I've seen the food waste problem firsthand. I've seen how analog, <laughs> like I've seen the head chefs, you know, like making the phone calls to the, to the, yeah. So what, what, how, how is it doing it? Tell me about that. Okay, so there's, as you, as you mentioned, the chefs and the restaurants. So there are three main tiers within within the food value chain. So you have manufacturers who, who produce mm. food in bulk. They deliver to wholesalers. Wholesalers deliver to pubs and restaurants. Pubs and restaurants have been ordering using technology uh, for the last eight years. There's been a real boom of, of, of chefs using various apps to, to order, to streamline. Um, we're nearly at 80%. Of, of all ordering in that sector is, is, is digitized. We're, we're simply mirroring that, but we, we have a different strategy and a different go-to-market, but quite simply, we're offering a digital platform for businesses to be able to sell their products. That is, that is sort of phase one for us. 
we offer yeah. a full integration yeah. so into their ERP system with the idea is that we automate this this journey from end to end. Um, the long-term goal is to be integrated at both ends through buyer and supplier. This will give us track on where food is and why food is. Um, and with that, we can then start to look at some of the bigger problems. So primarily that the focus is is on the ordering with it, yeah. 74% of it still done offline. We then bolt on services, whether it's FinTech tools, buy now, pay later, invoice matching, through charity features um, and so forth. You know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a growing beast, but we, we've found that what is it that people want now? They want to digitize their businesses. Mm. You know, other sectors that have been digitized, you see a 26% growth in sales. This is just organic sales. A lot of buyers, like you say, it's analog. You know, at mm. the end of your shift, as a buyer myself, you know, you just want to place the order and go home. Mm. A lot of the time, you don't know what that supplier has. You've got a rough idea. So it's by simply digitizing that process and offering visibility at both ends. So that's our primary focus. That's where we are. You know, we've got a we've got a few clients doing that. We've got a nice wait list for January um, nice. of clients. Um, yeah, so that's what we do for now. It's amazing. And and what's the and you mentioned obviously what the some of the things that you want to add on to it sort of in the future. But what's the ultimate vision of the platform from your perspective? What what do you see it like? What's the, the the best case version of you know what well, it's going to be like in like three or four years the big hairy ass goal as they call it or the north star or whichever sort of yeah. thing you want to put on it i see it as the three sectors in in it there's there's the U european market you know 42 percent of all food that comes into europe is coming from, i'm sorry into the uk is coming from europe mm -hmm. germany netherlands france and italy are the uh, sorry in spain are the, are the top four so we see that as one market. You've got America as another market, and, and then Asia. These are three big juggernauts. Our big goal is Europe, is, is looking at that food waste issue. So there was, as numbers goes, um, if you look at food waste as a 100% as a whole, 70% is is you and I, you know, human beings, that, that waste. And this is what comes to market. 25% is the food wholesale sector, or 24.7 is the food wholesale sector, which is 14.3 billion in costs, which is 0.6 of all greenhouse gases. And you want that like quantifiable, that's 27 million cars, half of all British cars, we could just remove by creating efficiencies. What we're trying to do is we're trying to, we're trying to digitize it so that, you know, collaborative data can solve much bigger problems. And for too long, the, the sector has, has been us versus you and you versus us where, you know, we can work smarter and we're entering a, a world, you know, 2020s is, is about collaboration. Um, you know, if we're going to have a fighting chance uh, for the planet, um, you know, our core values is, you know, one of them, I'll not bore you with them all, but one of them is, is, is people and planet first. Now, that's what we care about. That's what we're aligned for. We realise that there are a few steps before that, but the ultimate yeah. goal is, is 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 connecting the sectors so that we can use that data that already exists, but we can use it for the sort of greater good. And so, I assume what you mean by solving that problem with your platform is just making sure that there are buyers, uh, like by alerting them, or you know, just by making sure there is enough on the platform so that food from suppliers just isn't going to waste. Basically, is that is that kind of what you mean by that, or are there other it's, it, it's, it, it's all using so existing data um you know they may be getting three deliveries a week when they could get one a week so therefore they've saved 160 right. pounds 
the you know we can map the network out so we know everybody that's buying a pallet of tortillas every month uh, you may have surplus but we can use that data to make smarter decisions companies that often work against each other maybe we can get them in the same room and say look let's think more circular about this mm. you know there's three major hand tuna importers for instance in the uk well we get them three on our platform that's a full set of data in my eyes you know we can use that they may be crossing each other you know there is so much power with that but we need to we need to offer the services and the platform first so that we're able to do that you know we have competitors that go in on that data point but you're talking to a, a laggard industry a lot of the time if you say can i plug into your system and have all your data why are they going to do that so we, we've taken a more utility approach uh, uh, you know and services because primarily we want to help buyers and suppliers become more profitable um yeah you know, we don't we're not a classic marketplace where you can google you know cheese supplier we don't do that we are services only if you want a new supplier go and find one you know, there aren't that many you know there are only fourteen thousand or so in, in in the uk that operate strongly in the sector so you, you tend to know who they are so we're very much service and enhancing both ends um to make both ends of the sector you know more profitable and more streamlined why hasn't anyone done the, all this before do you think is it just because it's too i mean it's usually one of the one of sort of a handful of reasons right it's it's too expensive it's 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 not profitable or it's too difficult like you know which one which one is it all of the above i, I think <laughs> um I, I mean it's a question i get asked quite a lot um, yeah, because I, I, it's a huge industry, right? You I just think someone would have sat down and thought. thought I think already. times are changing. There are there are some leaders, you know, your bookers, breaks, bid food, those sort of big big players, uh, you know, mm. that have digitized what they do. They only represent a, a, a part of the industry. Right. I think, you know, COVID helped in in a way that a lot of business owners went home and you know maybe ordered the golf clubs on the line from Amazon rather than going to the shop and mindset is changing on how you know we can use technology to benefit our business mm. you've also got younger business leaders that are my age you know approaching 40 that are now taking over businesses that are you know like us glued to technology mm. and it's just a it's just been a timing issue and, and covid has really you know bumped that down uh, yeah. the line it's accelerated all of that hasn't it yeah, yeah. Mm. even from a uh sort of relationship building perspective right i think that's that's the biggest shift that i i've noticed at least anyway is the, the the sort of confidence in which people can conduct business across seas and without having to be in the same room like you're seeing people be more willing to make bigger financial decisions with one another just over the internet whereas you know pre-pandemic no one would sign a contract above a certain value without you being expected to come and fly and see them in their conference room right you know or, or for them to be able to see your office and make sure you've got a big office but you know what I mean like there was that kind of feeling behind it and I think you're right it's like that combines with the fact that you're also getting a slightly I say younger but like our generation coming up into these leadership positions as well where we're a bit more adept and fluent in technology we're just like no there are other ways of telling you know whether or not a business is good at doing their job or individuals are trustworthy beyond like do they have a nice shiny office and a nice receptionist right there are you yeah. know what I mean? like, there, <laughs> there are other ways of like valuing whether or not you want to enter into a business relationship with people which is a good thing it's, it's democratizing sort of that kind of thing i suppose so um yeah super interesting so um so yeah t tell me just sorry just to go back a little bit but you were mentioned about um 
about moving originally from uh, from Lancaster, not Yorkshire. But, uh, Lancaster. Like, like, Lancashire. So uh, it was it's a, <laughs> it's a little place near Preston that no one's ever heard of, but it's in the heart of yeah. the River Valley. Beautiful place. Yeah, well, I've heard of it. I think I've been there before. I, 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 I did a lot of being on the road for you know sales jobs back in the day, and I did a lot up north. Um, yeah. So what was that like? That move from uh, from a little 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 town, little village. Well, not not a village. It's a town, right? Not not a village. Yeah, it was. Um... I think it was the first time I ever went to London, in fact, was going to Victoria Coach Station with my uh, guitar, PlayStation and snowboard bag going on my ski season. Why I needed a PlayStation on a ski season, I don't know. I did actually leave it there for somebody else. Is it snow did you bring snowboarding games? <laughs> yeah, 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 probably. More, yeah, more yeah. Like, probably more like every episode of Mighty Boosh. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. It's probably where I was at in my life at, at, at that point. Um, old Greg. Yeah, old Clegg as they as they often gets the whipped around. Um, <laughs> but no, I loved it. I grew up in a small town with where everybody knew my business, and that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, judge that as you will. Um, but maybe my mindset had changed a little bit, and and I was always inquisitive. I always wanted more and wanted to think bigger. And you know, me and a lot of people on my ski season that were predominantly um from the south um it's quite weighted towards that um mm. not sure why but there weren't that many northerners um and it really just opened my eyes and you know the the level of opportunity that's just on your doorstep um yeah. you know all my friends were starting businesses and you know me and another friend launched a a floating hot tub business and you know it was just that world where before that, I kind of imagined by 24 that I would be married with children and, you know, be working in the family business forever. You know, how wrong was I? I'm now like nearly 40 and expecting my first child. So I got I got the math way off with that. But mm. yeah, I, I, it's still the best thing I've ever done. It was just such an eye opener for me. And, um, you know, if all goes to plan, um, you know, I'd like to I'd like to remain in London and in, in Hackney area for rather than for the foreseeable anywhere. Mm. Do you think there's like a distinct advantage for founders living in London compared to those that, that live in sort of other areas? I mean, aside from the fact that it actually opened your eyes to a degree or, or, or made you realise about sort of entrepreneurial lifestyle, you know, forgetting that, if, if someone already has that in them, do you think they're at a disadvantage by not living in, in the capital? Um, I, I think so. Um, I know there's a shift towards Manchester for, for tech jobs and, you know, you can leave uni mm. and, and, you know, go and get a custom success role in a, in a tech industry. And all of a sudden, a year in, you, you're learning about cap tables, you're learning about, you know, how everything works. I think in real rural places, you know, my nearest city is Preston. Um, mm. Yeah, there is, a, there is a huge, huge disadvantage, um, which probably needs to be addressed at some point even um, even based on what we were saying about like covid maybe democratizing that a little bit you think that's still still a disadvantage yeah because i think it's i i think it's the mindset um there's very much a, yeah. a mindset uh, especially where i was from is that you know get a good job you know it, we're a solid business <laughs> work work hard at that job and, and stay in that job uh, you know, to, until retirement and, and get a good pension. And that's, 
I mean, that used to scare the life out of me, that thought. Um, it still scares the life out of me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and ultimately, what ends up happening is you end up building your own business and doing exactly the same thing, but you just for your own business. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we tell ourselves that, and then, yeah, we end up doing that for yeah, 20, exactly. 20, 30 years. Yeah, but and no, then employ, employ loads of people that we end up doing the same thing to them. Yeah, and they're, and they're sat there going, oh, I don't want to do this. I want to start my own business. <laughs> and the cycle continues. Yeah. yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah, I suppose... I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, it, a lot of it is about the surroundings, you know, who you surround yourself with. And one of the things that I'm always telling people and I always hear a lot as well, which is which is good, is that, you know, founders need to speak with founders. You know, you need to network with other founders. You need to surround yourself with that sort of level of energy and inspiration. I think it's very healthy, especially in the earlier days of getting going. And, and yeah, I think you, you might be right there that, I mean, yeah, I mean, in terms of the best places to go for that, it's probably going to be London, right? yeah it's it's been a sharp learning curve over the past two years um yeah. i just live and breathe this space you know i use all the digital tools possible i've automated you know most parts of my business mm. you know i'm just a different person than i was a couple of years ago i've just thrown myself into it um you know bootstrapped it until recently and you know i'm a much different person than than i ever probably thought i would be um mm. and i don't think you know, even the scene in Manchester, I don't think those opportunities would be as ready available. Um, so if there's any young entrepreneur wannabes out there, um, you know, my advice would be, you know, you know, get yourself to London or, you know, Lisbon or Barcelona, you know, where these tech hubs are mm, and throw yeah. yourself in the deep end because you know, that's, unfortunately, that's, that's where it's at and that's where the opportunity is. Um, mm, yeah it can't hurt anyway right at least but yeah yeah and, and and that's a good point as well it's not just london there's there's you know a lot um in neighboring countries that are doing amazing um well if you want a cheaper now. lifestyle don't come to london if you you know if you want to live in a six-person shared house and 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 you know you, that's what you'll have to do and you'll have to do multiple jobs mm. maybe lisbon maybe Barca, uh yeah maybe mm. slightly cheaper cost of living yeah yeah and a different style of living as well right yeah so definitely. so so how's the accelerator been going then you mentioned that's been uh you've been out there for a couple of weeks and, and it's still kind of on the tail end of that so what was what was the most surprising thing about that what did you you take away from that that experience that has kind of stuck with you and, and maybe helped you uh the most um well we got a lot of and we're still getting a lot of coaching from industry leaders um whether it's mm. market sprint defining our category you know, re-evaluating our ICP, um, looking you know, really deep at the data and the statistics around our industry, getting underneath the bonnet and, and being held accountable by some, you know, then we've talked to people, I'll not name drop, but, you know, there's people that are unicorns, there's people that have exited three businesses and they're giving us hours of time in, in set sections of the business that I'm not strong at. So whether it be, right. you know, marketing or, or you know, you know, building our company value and, and it's been like going to, I mean, I always a little bit upset that I never went down the college university route because I always thought it looked like a good laugh. I would probably have just been in the pub all the time and, and, and never gone to lectures. So it's probably the right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I've learned, you know, a hell of a lot and I'm constantly learning off some great industry leaders. I mean, we were on a chat this morning with, um, it was an AI panel. There were five or six. There was somebody that was top 
I think he said he was top 12 voted by OpenAI as an uh, OpenAI specialist. And wow, this guy could, yeah. And to get in a room and to get a contact that's something that you can now lean on, yeah, it's worth its weight in gold. Um, yeah, 100%. And also the other founders, you know, there's 12 other businesses, all B2B SaaS, but all doing weird and wonderful things. Um, you know, you, we build a sort of sense of community. It's someone to lean on rather than, me going home and, and and chewing on my wife's ear about you know stuff that she quite frankly doesn't know or doesn't really care about and, and mm. you know you know you know what it's like you can get all start talking about your business and your, your founder worries and your life and yeah, now that we have this yeah but now we have this network it's it's you know it's yeah. been really good yeah yeah no 100 percent. yeah you start talking to your wife about it so eyes glaze over and i just they want to talk about the baby <laughs> tv tv volume goes up and <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. exactly. I'll, I'll just go back to my laptop i'll i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy being hunched over getting a bad posture <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly well it's like i said earlier you know founders should speak with founders and that's i think that's exactly why for so many reasons but no, that's great it sounds like a really great program so did you apply for a few different accelerators or was this the one that you really had your eye on um i applied for this last march actually um right. got, got put on a wait list um i was pre-revenue uh, didn't have any customers and so i went out and did that i went out and got customers still bootstrapped um re refined the market fit a little bit learned a few things it's always better to learn when you've not got cash as well um and then they they reached out to me and and, and um yeah went through the process again and and, and got onto that accelerator and that'll be run till when is it sort of march time um right. just just before i have a baby it ends um we've got some pitch competitions that we're doing with them there's some further investment coming um but it's been really valuable um i've, I've looked at others um i'm always i'm always quite picky about my cap table um i've heard mm. too many stories as uh, you know the old classic saying is that it's easier to get rid of your wife than it is to get rid of an investor so so <laughs> So, so so pick wisely um yeah you got to keep the cat table clean yeah, yeah. And, and it stuck with me and you know i really wanted the wise guys on that on my cap table um mm. although estonian based but they're active you know across across europe mm. so for us to scale um into europe the connections the network the language barrier i mean they've already um looked at a potential collaboration in spain you know we have clients ready to go over in spain um and oh, they wow. can make that happen a lot quicker um mm. so i was very pleased i got them on board um yeah it's just been such a value add as well for me yeah so was it was, was all of that the main reasons why you knew you wanted to go with them or were there some other was it some of the names maybe that they were working with some of their partners and so on um they have a good track record um yeah. i wanted i wanted that foot into europe um, at this yeah. early stage, just naturally, as I, I mentioned, you know, forty-two percent of food mm. comes from you comes from Europe. We've got a client already that we do the tech between um, Ecuador and the UK, but they're active in seven other countries. So we've got a footprint um, in several European and and some of the Nordics. In fact, mm. I don't have a clue where to go there. So bringing on you know this huge network of, of founders the alumni that they have i think they've invested in over 350 businesses across across europe quite heavy in central eastern europe as well 
um, mm-hmm. which is a bit of a blind spot for me. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was a, a value add on value add on a few fronts really. Yeah, sounds like it. Because I get asked a lot by founders, you know, what um, well, obviously what rec- investors I, I you know might know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, because I've got quite a deep network there. But but a lot about accelerators. You know, what my opinions are on them, who I can recommend, this, that, and the other, and it's. I mean, it's it, there's no real answer to that, is there? It's 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 well, what are you looking for? Um, it's so, it's, yeah, what, it's what's right for you, and it's the time. Right. I think the timing of your business. We've been offered places on lots of others, and 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 mm. you know, the equity and where we thought we were. Sometimes they just don't work. You know, if you're a, you know, if you're a really early business, you know, something like Antler or. You know those, those smaller ones that have preset like startup boot camp you know those mm. you know are both great for early but you can save a lot of time um but i missed that and did it the hard way then there's mm. that next wave of, of of accelerators you know tech stars wise guys that's that next level um mm. and then there are some you know that don't invest cash and maybe say there can be a lot of time and as you know how busy we are um, you've just got to you know, sift through the weeds a little bit and make sure that you're doing it for the right reason. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Good advice for people as well, thinking about it, because, it, yeah, it's a bit of a minefield. I mean, all of it is, right? I mean, th- th- this is the thing you, you mentioned in the last couple of years, you know, you've changed a considerable amount, learned a lot. Like, if, if you could speak to your, like, your past self in, like, two or three years ago, I mean, you would be speaking different languages, right? Like, the, the, the amount of stuff, there isn't any way of telling someone really ahead of time what it is they need to know it's it's about that one percent change isn't it incrementally over time but that compounding change there's no way they can see you you know your past self could possibly see what what needs to be done or, or what you need to learn in order to get there it's just like go and do it man like, but there's no go and do it. there's no way or word to 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 learn it is there you know you can right. go out to university and that's you know you learn about life and you learn about fitting in and all the other things as well as the education yeah. you know i'd probably go back to the 16 year old me probably not 16 18 year old me and and say pack your bags go to london click go on sooner. someone's <laughs> right. go, go, go sooner right you know there's a, a, a couple of young uh, italian chaps on our uh, accelerator they're, they're 24 and they're doing this it's called chatty insights it's this ai I'll, I'll not I'll, I'll not do it just by explaining it but i'm thinking at 24 years old you know these are experiencing this whole world and, mm. and i talked to them you know nearly 15 years their senior and with us we're the same we're on the same yeah. level so age isn't you know they're in that zone and they've gone and done that from a young age they've gone and wanted to be in that i think it's cooler now uh, to be a founder and you know there was a, a stat this morning on the ai panel it was a thousand ai businesses a week a launch you know it's this exponential growth of, yeah. so if you want to go and get in a startup you know you can well you can make a startup from chat gpt mm-hmm. within four or five hours you can have a business online you bubble to build your prototype off you go oh yeah like, it's never been easier but i mean the, the thing is i've got a bit of a a concern about that which means we're also going to have an absolute influx of really shit businesses right yeah. which, so which as well the, as some really great ones we mean that's inevitable you need to have that in order to to to, to get you know uh, more innovation i get that but it's just it's worrying because from an investment perspective we saw we saw something similar to that happen a while back and you know get a lot of businesses get propped up 
financially that didn't need to be simply because there was a bit of a hype train um and and then inevitably it created a, a bubble and the bubble burst so it's like there's a bit of a concern there from my perspective but i think it's i mean it's just the way it works but there are a lot of good businesses that fall by the wayside that maybe yeah. don't reach that investment goal and then the business fails because there's you know there's the next whether it's web3 or whether it's ai or whether it's blockchain you know there's always these bubbles that happen where all the money gets driven because that's the thing that needs to be invested in yeah. when there's yeah. great businesses that you know maybe they're just not sexy i mean the food wholesale industry is not sexy um but it's timing and there's there's, there's opportunity and there's most importantly the need for it right right um so yeah um, well, I mean, fortunately, there are a, a good amount of de you know decent investors out there and 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 VCs and accelerators yeah. that I think understand the importance of the unsexy businesses. You know, the infrastructure-based businesses like you, like yourself who are, you know, thinking of the bigger picture stuff, and that, that's that's really important. Those those uh, you know those uh, startups for good, right? You know, th those ones that are really thinking about about solving those those problems as opposed to sort of just chasing the the new thing um but it, it but we need all of it right that's part of the ecosystem we need all of it um but it, it is it is slightly worrying I, I think you know just like with anything i mean think about it like this like um you know mid journey for example right the the rise of that it's, it annoys a lot of artists i'm i'm i used to be a painter i, I try and paint in my spare time and yeah there's a certain amount of frustration i can understand that frustration with creatives when they see people just being able to create these amazing pieces of art when someone's never lifted a paintbrush in their life and it's a similar kind of thing when you can see that someone it's easier now than ever to create a business and and go to market and all that there's been never been a time with uh, you know the amount of support and tools in order to do that and i can get the frustration some people have looking at that when they've gone through the the war to get where they need to get to but that's progress, man. Like, that's I think, I think that we had a um, we had a chat with a, a bloke called Dan Priestley who set up a company called Scorecard Scorecard App, and he said something that's really stuck with me. He said, um, "You so your MVP is is on a fag packet. It's on a it's on a napkin. Mm. That's your MVP. Build your waitlist. If you can't sell it, it's not a business." He said, "The idea is to try and prove." That what you think is a business is not a business and if you can do that exactly. fine it's not a business you know there's a try and disprove your thesis that's what it was right yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. you know what i thought was an mvp was you know that minimal viable product an actual physical product so that's where people go you know you see anybody that's done it and exited they, that's the first thing they do is they you know they build huge wait lists and mm. no one tells you that i mean it makes complete sense but if you go to an investor you say look i've got a thousand people that want to pay me x i need cash to build it and deliver it who's going to say no yeah. they don't they say build everybody else does it in reverse because there's no education between it you either go into it and try and do it and fail and then you become better so you can go and do it mm. again but there's there's for me there's a there's a there's a gap that somehow somebody will hopefully try and solve that I, I did bump into a company actually they were trying to do a, a sort of startup university they were trying to get the license so maybe things like that um mm. again i would be telling my 18 year old self to to go down that route um yeah because the skill set you know this think about myself i can you know i i've learned accounts i've learned you know boring things payroll i've I, i've learned how to build marketing machines I, i've learned how to do content i've learned how to do you know xyz and 
you, know, you can spend a whole career learning to do that and then in the startup world you you know you get thrown around into the mixer and you come out of it battered and bruised and burnt out but hell you've got a lot of skills um yeah yeah know, and that's worth its weight in gold and a lot of people sometimes look at failure and think it is but i i don't think like that i i'm you know i'm a half full sort of person and you know mm. if everything failed tomorrow it's not a failure because i've i've got a different set of skills i've got yeah the amount you gained from that is, is i've got a network normal. now you yeah know, the network you have in the north is you don't have them you know and you you speak to somebody that went to mm. you know oxbridge and and you can come out and it's quite easy to raise money because you've got that network you know i've had to work ridiculously hard to, to build my network a lot of stalking and begging and networking and all that sort of stuff um mm. so yeah um yeah no it's right i was speaking to a founder recently who um when i was talking to him he explained how a couple of years ago in his journey it all went wrong right and financially he was a bit screwed and so he just put out to his network I need a bit of a part-time gig. Any of my founder friends, you know, can I consult? Can I, you know, can I anything? Can I do some admin fees, some marketing, whatever? I just need to pay the bills. And basically, his, his sort of takeaway from that was that's the most powerful thing out of building the network that he did throughout his journey is that now he's, like you said, he's created himself that so this this sort of safety net. So you know, if anything should ever go wrong, even if he fails, well, he can't really fail now as as much as he could before because there is that safety net in the people he knows, the connections he has, whether that's to try and start a new business, launch something new, or just simply to just say, hey guys, I'm, I'm in a bit of a bind, you know, can, can someone help me out with a job? Like he knows the CEOs of fucking, you know, <laughs> hundreds of companies. It's like, what better contact to have for getting a job than knowing the CEO personally and just like being, hey mate, look, I'm a bit screwed. Have you got any jobs going? You know what I used to do, you know everything about me. Is there a place for me in your team, you know? So yeah, there's, there's a lot of, um, a lot that can be taken. I mean, obviously, that isn't the reason why people go into business is to is to expect they can fail and and end up working for someone else. But that's that's a a, a, a silver lining, I guess. And I'm with you at the, the half glass, you know, the glass half full kind of guy. So that's the way I look at it. Doesn't matter what you know. No one regrets uh, not trying something. I don't think. Well, at least you shouldn't. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. But. Uh, yeah, but it, but it's daunting, right? It's uh, it's not for everyone. I, mean, I just talk about uh, this a lot on the show about um, about you know you don't know what you don't know, right? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and and you mentioned about you know someone maybe starting a, a startup university. I I did um, uh, did business management, and that's what most people tend to do, right? Degree in business management, get their MBA or EMBA, and they think that's it. And I'll be honest, hardly any of the stuff that I learned in that degree. Do I do I actually use? And I do have a bit of a theory about this as well. I, I I know this is going to be down to personality types, and I feel like you maybe this might resonate with you. I don't know, but I also feel like there's only a certain amount of information you can put into your head before you then go and do something, compared to actually picking it up while doing it. I think there's limited capacity, right? So you're not going to remember, you know, everything you need to know ahead of time. Um, and, you know, imagine spending three years. Like, what do I need to know? about everything and, and being a founder, being a CEO, leading people, raising investment, you know, managing finance. Okay, right, three years later, I'm ready. No, you're not, you'll forget fucking all of it. Like, well, you, like what is it, you remember, is it 3% of a book? Right, yeah. So, you know, you go and yeah, yeah, you just, you've just got to throw yourself in the deep end. And like, you know, he said, it is not for everybody. You know, I, yeah. I it last, was it last March? I during a when i first started fundraising 
actually got stress-induced shingles on the back of uh, raising money. I had sleepless oh, nights. Um, I put all this pressure on myself. I probably wasn't doing enough exercise. I was actually waiting for an operation, so I was actually out of action for doing exercise, which this time around, you know, to anybody doing it, exercise, you know, mm, yeah. it's it's so key. And, you know, the, the worries of can I pay my bills and the worries like, is this business actually a business? It isn't for everybody. Um, so, you know, you've got to go into it expecting that it's going to be tough. And mm. just because I've you know raised a little bit of cash doesn't mean it's going to be easier. In fact, it's just the next set of problems and the next set of things that I now have to deal with that are on my plate. Um, I think that's a really know. misconception as well is that, and I was talking about this with someone very, very recently, this idea that, you know, you become your own boss and which first of all is a, completely incorrect statement but then second of all um that your problems suddenly go away or you you there is a, a point in which your problems suddenly go away and life becomes easy and that's a huge misconception because like you said it's just you, you you might get that first raise then a whole new set of problems will present themselves yes some solutions you will get solutions to it will solve some of your problems but then you will get a new set and that will keep happening every single raise every single step of the journey and i think that's an incredibly important lesson about life as a whole because there is never really a point in time where everything is suddenly perfect that that doesn't exist someone needs to point it out to me but you know right it it's never it's like, never going to be like that and you just yeah. gotta, just got to accept it accept that it's going to make you gray it's going to make you stressed it's going to make you tired but i wouldn't change it i wouldn't right I wouldn't change what I do. Um, you know, I'm because you're in to a degree. You have a lot more agency over that level of chaos than than if you're working for someone else and you're in a job that you're maybe not entirely satisfied with, right? You've you, at least you feel like you're you're. I mean, this is how I feel, and I'm, I'm trying not to speak for you, but this is at least how I feel. At least I have that agency in my life. So if something isn't going right, I have the capacity to make a change and try and rectify it and do something about it. Whereas if, if, if I'm, you know, in the past, going back to when I worked with other people, that was out of my control. I couldn't do anything about that, you know, but, and that's not a fun position to be in for people, I think, with our sort of personality types. Yeah, that was a, a big thing for me growing up, actually working for other businesses and being, um, I hate the word visionary, but. If you are enjoying this episode and want to support the show, please like and subscribe with notifications turned on. I'm always trying to fix things whether everything i'm trying to fix it i love solving problems mm. and being employed means you've got to stick within the barriers of your particular role and i would quite quickly reach the ceiling in that position and could become destructive if i'm not allowed to to flourish you know i'm a mm. protagonist type character and I, I i i need to be there now it's my decision if there's a problem i can fix it and, and that that connection to me is one of the reasons I do it, you know, I have the ability to change if there's something wrong and that mm. allows me to be free and it allows me to, uh, you know, achieve uh, the goals that I've set for myself. Yeah, I got good. Uh, yeah, I agree. And, and and that's that's a good position to be in. I got I got some really good advice many, many years ago when I was working in um, my first startup uh, from my boss at the time who said, um, you could see I was getting very frustrated. I was constantly trying. I was at a battle at the, at the time with the exec team, 
trying to you know convince them that there was an enormous issue on the horizon basically and that if they didn't make some changes now that i was suggesting it was all going to go to shit and they just weren't listening and the best advice he gave me was um he said look greg you've got to be very careful because of people who um throughout history who have um who have said to be able to see the future were often accused of witches being witches <laughs> and i was like you know and at first i was like what the, what the fuck are you talking about well, yeah, like, what are you on about he was like he was like at the end of the day if you are the one to say like the wolf is at the door kind of thing and no one else can see it then when it eventually comes to the time where the, they discover the wolf is at the door they're going to suggest that you're the one that put him there to prove that you were right right it's like you've got to be careful because if you can you, you essentially by the, being the one person that puts your hand up and saying i can see something no one else can if you are ignored everyone might think well because of the way he acted and stormed out of that room because we ignored him he probably went and made that problem happen right which i thought was a really interesting point i was like yeah that's actually really fucking true so uh, i took a different tact moving forward <laughs> yeah no that's uh, i mean i'd never say careful. never never say never working for somebody i would never be against it but it would be be hard i, I will be in startups involved in startups um hopefully for the mm. rest of my life in, in any which way capacity um and that earlier although having never worked in a in a, a big startup i've got friends that do and you know there's structure there's you know two three hundred staff and mm. that's when i that's not my safe zone my safe zone is that you know earlier stage being able to think and allowed to think um and that's really what you know that's what's so exciting about what i do now um you know i can turn any which way um yeah. you know i can turn it around tomorrow and we could you know be white labeling our product and uh, doing it in the interior design sector um mm. or the pet food sector you know I, I have that ability that i can just do that tomorrow i'm yeah. not sure what my investor would say but um <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> And like you said about the the sort of stages, a lot of people, um, uh, founders I know, uh, you know, love this stage the most, right? This early stage, the sort of uh, pre-seed, seed, Series A, because it's it's the most exciting. And uh, the amount of founders I know that just fall out of love with it once it gets to that sort of that bigger this the, the the bigger scaling sort of stage is is kind of crazy. But I, I see more and more people now more founders i know real sort of growing with it because as long as the business grows at a steady enough pace i think you can grow along with it it's when it it's when it really scales very quickly i think that's when there's a bit of a culture shock you know so i think again it's my personality type i'm very always say i'd rather be a camel than a than a unicorn i'm very yeah. slow pragmatic i always like to look at the end goal what was the end goal for me where do i want to be personally this, and then this is again what they don't teach you you get offered a check you take the check and all of a sudden mm. you've gone into or your projections show the hockey stick and the 100x and you've gone down the vc route but no one says what do you want you know i have people i know that can't get out of their business and they've got a series b and and they've got to sack people and and and, mm. and go to america and things like that so I think about that and I thought about where I want to be and I work back from that point and, and, and that then makes my decision making a lot easier and what route I go down. Um, and I'm happy with that. You know, everybody thinks classically, you know, you've got to raise all the rounds, get angels, get some VC money, you know, burn rate, burn rate. Well, actually, no, if you, you know, you can get to 50 million ARR. Uh, you know and sell your business and never go down that route then it's still a good business right it's still a yeah. great great business but you're not sold that dream 
the, 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 there's only one end goal really isn't there and you think about how many people IPR you know how many unicorns are there I mean the actual reality of that is you know you're just making your chances of success because you haven't thought about you know what is important to you you know do you want to be a founder of a business that's 300 staff and in 12 countries you know mm. or are you happy just doing it to a certain stage and then letting somebody else take over that mantle yeah and that that's a and completely that's... viable option too right yeah exactly because if, if you're limiting the definition of what success is just to this concept of a unicorn then it well yeah you're, you're setting yourself up for for very likely disappointment right well, i remember the... broaden that to a variety of different like you just pointed out there, a variety of different outcomes then you know you increase your chances substantially when's that first time you think cool i'm gonna do a business right i'm gonna make a pitch deck okay i need to get some money so you start to google and and, and you, you find these companies and you they want to speak to you you've got a cool idea and then all of a sudden you've wasted 200 hours talking to people that go come back when you've got a millionaire or or you know when you're at this stage and you think wow if i had just had that information beforehand you know the only commodity we have is time and you've just wasted 200 hours you know it, it was good it was good practice um you know as a first-time founder that's or first-time founder in in the tech world um i've had a couple of other small businesses throughout my life i had a cheese stall in fact in lockdown that was good i used to drag drag my wife down to hackney wick and, and sell cheese to um mainly the bbc staff though were lived out that way um freezing conditions that was called eager to cheese um that was quite a lot of fun um yeah my dad's business started in cheese so um if anybody ever wants boring about cheese i can uh i can talk, oh, about, I can talk about cheese yeah i can talk yeah, about that one right so you know i'll talk about cheese wine you name it <laughs> yeah, there you, yeah there you go but yeah, yeah, as, yeah. As, a, as a first tech business you know there's you know just a little handbook that surely someone should say here's the here's the playbook you know i was i was looking... here's the thing they exist but the thing is that you know it, again it's like well you know when you're a when you're a founder you know when you're deciding to start your own business you wouldn't think to look for them right because you just don't know like you don't know that that's something that you should look for like you know as as i'm sure you know from when we spoke before you know i do a lot of pro bono advisory work for for founders especially at early stage and a lot of them you know they, they may have raised already and you know some some even series a i work with some executive teams there too and um, but the vast majority, I'd say probably about 60% of the people I speak to in the pro bono work I do are people who just have an idea and they just have no idea how to start. And so I like to think I'm helping them save that sort of 200 or so hours by giving them just one hour. They tell me the idea, they tell me what they want to achieve, you know, a bit about themselves, their lives, their situation. And, I, and I'll tell them straight up, like, do this, do that, do that. Like all the stuff we just talked about, you know, get a waiting list. You don't need to build a product. You don't need to get a CTO. You don't, you know, you don't need to learn a program. Like, you know, I, different I, ways. I mean, a lot of it as well is, so I, I got really lucky. I got onto a free course run by Funding London, uh, by Re London. And it's in right. partnership with Mountside Ventures, really cool bunch of people. And it was an investor readiness program. It was a free over five days, I actually did a talk there to to the latest cohort recently. And yeah. what you come away with, you know, just the, the simple things of understanding, you know, how money flows via LPs down, the life cycle of a fund, you know, asking those questions early on and what sort of money do you want and how to go about getting money. You know, it's all the classic, you know, ask for advice, get money, ask for money, get advice. Well, if somebody mm -hmm. had told me that 18 months ago, I'd be in a different position. 
and it's just these little nuggets that you know one day hopefully i can uh you know pass them on that's a, a stretch goal of mine is to be able to you know give this back to young um underrepresented in a way um you know northern founders but that underrepresented could be anything but you know to give back that early learning because it just saves a lot of time and it can actually make more good businesses um yeah 100 just, just need to educate yeah i agree like instead of instead of having to rely on individuals coming to that realization or, or getting that desire like you did to move to somewhere like london to get inspired to do it to bring that information to them, I think would be a really big play, you know, for founders like yourself who come from outside of London to bring these sort of things back to sort of their home regions, as it were, to, yeah, inspire the next generation. Because there's something that, that, that I think about a lot and, and is actually one of the main, one of the driving forces behind why I do the advisory stuff is because I know, just like you said, there is a lot of people who just sat in front of their computer and they're like, or on their phone and like, I've got an idea for a business. Where do I even start? And they just start Googling and they go down that path. And I'm just hoping that at some point in that path, they come across me and I can be like, right, I can save your fingers. I can save you a bit of time. <laughs> yes, you live in in wherever, like out of the way. Don't worry. There are ways of doing this. And just kind of reassuring people that like, no, you're not crazy. For like, Because I think that a lot of people will think, well, surely like Elon Musk didn't sit in front of his computer and Google how to start a business. Like what's wrong with me? It's like, no, there's nothing wrong with you, man like That's... this is the way to do it yeah you're on the right track like you know the the 99 percent of the work is just in here and you've done that by deciding to actually do it like well done i've got your back i need to hear that shit, you know? maybe someone maybe some, someone should like do a road show do you know that when we were kids at school the the bus would come and there'd be pets on it or there'd be a, a library maybe mm. you know a road show around the UK idea, going, to, going to schools colleges you know and, mm. and, and just you know educating and, and showing people you know how easy it potentially is you know it doesn't have to be i mean you could set up an etsy business tomorrow printing beatles t-shirts and yeah, put a mailing yeah. list out that costs you nothing so all of a sudden you're a business person okay you might not sell any t-shirts you might sell a few but just showing people especially today you know it's frightening to think that you know what our kids the tools that they're going to be have at their fingertips to be yeah, able to create yeah. a business it, you know it's absolutely frightening yeah and i think you know because you in the city everyone's trying to solve similarish problems um mm. people like myself that come from you know i'm a domain i'm not expert but i've spent my entire life within within a sector i see it in a certain way right. you know outside of the london bubble um you know everybody's doing law tech in london or everyone's doing med tech but there's all these pockets of industry and there's experts in in towns and smaller cities mm. that you know probably just not being given enough confidence or enough information to think you know i could go make a business of that yeah. and probably at that decision point going i'll just stay where i am because it's natural to to, to not want to take that jump but if it was a bit easier i think we would extract more talent that's that's out there you know it's it's all out there um, that's a super interesting point yeah because with, with a city like um as big and as uh, as uh sort of populated by founders as london and, and others it does start to homogenize a little bit like you, you know you can very like you said you can walk around like networking events and speak to people and a lot of the businesses sound very similar or like you know adjacent to one another and you start getting this sense like oh what am i gonna you know if the next person i speak to tells me they're building a wellness startup i'm gonna cry like it's like you know it, it kind of goes like that so i'm with you on that yeah and and it's just this idea of like 
I suppose that the only thing that worries me a little bit about this, because the people are doing what you what you said, right? They are going around, you know, creating YouTube channels and TikToks. There's a lot of talk about, you know, uh, sharing the awareness on how to start a business using the tools and, you know, create a side hustle and this and that, you know. But the, the problem with it is it's quite predatory, a lot of it, I feel like. You know what I mean? It's 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 like they they give out a lot of this free information, and then it's uh, oh, you want the the secret though? Oh well, you've got to sign up to my course. It costs a thousand dollars a month or whatever. You know, that seems to be the issue with it. But that's a business innovation. I mean, I mean, you've got to that, tip your hats to that innovation to a degree. There is, I mean, that is a spark of another conversation in that you know those what I like to call like the snakes in the grass, which no one yeah, tells you yeah. to look out for and you give them three hours of your time over three various meetings and they're going to invest and you check them out yeah, and sometimes yeah. they've made their way onto and then they hit you with a 1500 a month this that returner and people you know if you're in a, like for me it was never an option because i was delivering groceries in the evening you know airbnb my spare room out doing everything i could to to make mm. this business work so anybody that came, I would know, just laugh them out the door and said, well, who in the right mind? But how many people that are doing a nice job that are doing a startup on the side? Because I had a lot of people do that, that pump money into these people. And you, you know, they're just riding on the cocktails and, you know, looking for those ideas. So, yeah, that's that's another no, 100%. another 100%. key learning I've taken over the past 18 months is, you know, a lot of people promise the world. Um, that's the benefit about of joining uh, uh, building a community and a network of people around you too is is the community knows who these bad actors are so the more people you have around you the more people you can ask like do you know this guy you know do you know this person have you heard of him and they'll be like yeah yeah, yeah. don't don't go near him yeah so that's another really useful thing too um you know about that but yeah no i i the funny thing is i, I would say about two or three years ago i felt like i was very adjacent and potentially dangerously close to being categorized like that myself as a as a uh, advisor and and fractional because i think you do as well as you know as well as being a founder which i think it fortunately sort of helps people see oh okay he's actually he he does the the shit that he's talking about so that helps but but still just you know go you know speaking to people and saying that your advisor does automatically sort of raise that concern with some people and that's actually why I, I i started offering the pro bono stuff because i was like no no no. the reason why i want to help is because i want to fucking help like that's well the they've made your bit they've made it harder for like, genuine people like yourself yeah and they give it they give it a bad name and then exactly there's yeah. automatic suspicion yeah yeah and, and you know we and it would be the same for you too right so you were saying like you know your ultimate end goal is to help other founders that you'll start you'll probably start getting that too because they're going to be there already is quite a lot of you know ex exited founders who who give advice and there are a lot there are some out there who are also bad actors unfortunately you know are demanding a piece of the uh, of the you know the place on the cap table the, or a fee and this that and the other and they're not really providing any value and and so you know again that there's there's that issue too you know well, I've, I've actually been chatting to quite a few advisors recently we're looking at building a board and a couple of them one of them told me something that I mean, I had to sit down when he told me that he'd been given ten percent as an advisor, mm. and I, 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 well, it's a bit. It's, in my opinion, it's, it's a business killer, right? I mean, my investors don't get that on, you know, ten percent in the first round as an advisor. You know, yeah, it's too easy to give one five, and then all of a sudden, advisors get a bad name, and it's yeah. you know, you, 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 
yeah it's it makes it it makes it tough for people but you, it does you're gonna, it does. You're gonna get that you know, it's human nature isn't it for people to to look for a way in to make a you know a few extra quid well that's it yeah. i mean that's what we're all in the business of doing is trying to make a living but so yeah i mean that's why to some degree you've got to got to tip your hat to it but you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you, know but, if you, uh, if you can get 10 percent of a business for, for doing no then fair play yeah 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 but yeah i mean it, i mean i guess that 10 percent thing that's an interesting i i, I certainly haven't taken 10 percent of any business in my time as an advisor but um unless i'm giving them money for it but as an investor but um but I, I suppose i could see there may be times where that that sort of that amount of equity might be i don't know it'd be tough I, to I, I, it, it would have to be seriously weighted if they came with a contact right. book they could deliver you a substantial exactly. arr guarantee yeah you know if someone's experienced me tomorrow people. i can get you right. a million arr 10 percent thing i'd be like great if you can deliver me a million arr because that's you know it's it's his weight in gold right yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's the end goal. We're, we're in this game for customers. That's what we want. That's the the reason we're in business. But at that point, you'd be expecting them to essentially be a fractional, like actually, you know, contributing pretty regularly to the to the business operation. Oh, you'd be a couple of days. You'd be expecting a couple of days a week, right? You know, yeah, and be yeah, you know, for that. fully part because of because that sort of slice of the pie is what I tend to get with my fractional work. You know. Um, but that's because I'm actually putting the hours to making the business move, right? That's yeah. that's different. It's like you can't afford to pay the full salary, right? Okay, this is our way of subsidising that. Like that's that makes sense. But yeah, otherwise, just and in an advisory capacity, I would I would feel like I would be robbing people blind. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, fair dues, fair dues if you can get it. Yeah, I don't know the ins and outs. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's, he's really, just a really shit hot advisor. He is. He's actually he's actually really good. Well, there you go. Maybe that's all it is. Uh, he's just really good at what he does. And people want to work with him you know so they, yeah, there yeah. you go i have i have an idea of what i'm you know going to give to advisors and that's what i'm sticking to and that'll always be that'll always be the case the box case of chocolates and a pat on the back yeah there you go <laughs> yeah christmas card but a digital one at, at that a digital christmas card but not even a real one <laughs> no not even a real one no no well, i can't i can't be trying to solve you know some big with issue ai as well you know, I'd start sending out, you know, paper, uh, paper card, paper cards. That doesn't make sense, but cards, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's a, it's a minefield. There's a lot, isn't there? But it, and this is the thing that worries me is like one of the reasons why I wanted to create this show is is there's so much information out there for people. It's it's overwhelming, and I'm sure you've been through this. I mean, did you go through that stage where you were reading all the books and you know, like reading oh, the article? you know it's there's just so much and it's just it's a minefield and i'm hoping that this kind of more than anything people hear these kinds of conversations uh or or find their you know this kind of uh, thing elsewhere and come to the same realization that i think you and i did which is everyone's journey is different just fucking start like that's the most important thing well, i think that's probably the hardest bit isn't it is just yeah. putting that other foot in front of the other and saying hey i'm gonna do this i'm yeah. ready you know they're like going to the gym right the hardest yeah. thing is getting in the door just 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 get it just get it in there yeah um, yeah, yeah. be lying into the sauna or the jacuzzi the easy section yeah or mcdonald's right <laughs> yeah. Gosh, yeah 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 i haven't been that you mentioned you uh you know about um exercise being a really important part of your journey it's funny you say like so many people i speak to say that and it's actually i'm really struggling with that at the moment because i i uh got an injury a couple of months ago well actually i got it a long time ago but a couple of months ago it got really serious which is an umbilical uh hernia 
and uh, so I haven't been able to go to the gym for a couple of months now and I'm really starting to feel it like really starting to feel it both physically and and sort of mentally I, I, I need to get that sorted soon or find something else to to supplement that somehow but I don't that's, know that's a funny one the hernia though because it, it's not like you could focus on like upper body and arms because it's that core right, right. and then you, yeah yeah I and I got it from doing deadlifts and I'm, I'm a big fan of deadlifting like for me that's my most favorite exercise to do it really clears my mind and I'm fully focused so not being able to do that I you know I walk the dog and stuff so I can still do sort of cardio I guess but it's just not the same it's, you know? it's not no I play football with friends in Hackney on a Thursday night oh, you know I'm twice the age of the competitive teams and it's just really nice to get kicked to kick to scream and shout and just vent a little bit of uh, anger and uh, a bit animal animalistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got fully northern, um, which, <laughs> which is great because you know we're we're top at Christmas and you know what they say about being at top at Christmas and you know we put a you know, Thursday five and five asides. Everyone thinks I'm sad, but you know it's it's that little thing and it, it's just mm. oh god, such a weight off my off my shoulders. The last few weeks I've been struggling to get to the gym because of the accelerator and business yeah. and fundraising season you know i'm doing seven till 11 three nights a week i try not to do it thursday that's my football night yeah. friday if i'm allowed I, I will stay on my laptop till silly o'clock um until i'm told you know i'm very lucky that when i close my eyes i can go to sleep straight away very very well wow, i'm very jealous of that yeah very jealous of that yeah um you get them you get the one in 30 i always put it down to a full moon maybe where i lay awake yeah. all night but yeah very lucky that i can close the screen after crunching you know numbers or handling rejection which one thing i will say to anybody out there thinking about being a founder is get used to rejection those knows those knows yeah. yeah yeah don't Sorry. take it personally that's a really good bit of advice that someone gave in one of these uh a couple of episodes back they just said, just don't think, take things personally and don't take yourself too seriously. I thought, really good advice. I, I like to think of it as a, a little laugh and then ha, that's their loss. And just be right. like, cool, well, you've missed out. Okay, mm -hmm. that's, you know, you, you, you get used to it. And also, a, a no is only a no today, isn't it? You know, right. with They'll my accelerator, you, I got a no from the accelerator. And then I got a mm -hmm. yes from them. You know, you keep, you keep banging on that door. Um, it's this idea I of like i don't think there's anything wrong though with sort of having a bit of uh, introspection and thinking okay it's a no fine but what can i do to get a yes like there's nothing wrong with that as opposed to just thinking well it, you know it's entirely yeah, it's, no problem it's the old mindset thing. you made some changes and then you got a yes right yeah we we spend a lot of time thinking about why so when someone gives you the big no you think why Mm. which is which is natural when you go into this why 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 zone and, and all of a sudden you're in this impending it's all going to fail but you know you've got to flip it on its head and think what can i do with that so it's the the no was a no great but what can i do with that okay well why was it a no yeah i've, I've delved into that why world but then think what can i do with it whether it's i need to change this or you know refine when i look at my first deck which i produced probably eight, 18 months ago to where i am now and i probably on version 200 and something i would imagine yeah, yeah. You know, the, the evolution of it and it will come it'll change over the next few years and it'll the keep never changing ending deck. <laughs> and it's yeah 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 the never ending deck yeah. yeah um and it's this you know a lot of you know if you're a perfectionist it's a it's a terrible curse mm -hmm. uh, you've just got to accept that being you know it's never going to be perfect mm. i like to look at it as if i've got a task 
I like to look at it in a time block. So I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to produce a sales document. Okay. I've got two hours or four hours or whatever that time is. And that time, once it's done, that's as perfect as it's going to be in that yeah. time. Otherwise I spend four weeks doing it. And actually if I had done it in the time I send it and someone says, Jack, that was shit. I go, cool. What was wrong with it? I've learned more than I would have done. So, you know, these just these little learnings that, especially when you're juggling, you know, so many hats, um, you know, doing everything. Um, yeah. I mean, what you basically described there is the entire process of a startup, right? I mean, that basically is it. it it's all that. It's all like, this has to be good enough for now. And we have to get it in people's hands or in front of people to find out how we can make it better. I mean, that's basically, that's, that's it, isn't it? It's iteration. Everything we're doing yeah. is iteration, continuing improvement. A hundred percent. Yeah. There, um, oh shit. You've said something there that, that, that reminded me of something, but I've completely forgotten what it was. Uh, but yeah, it, yeah, that's uh, a super, sorry, that's really funny because if I hate it when I do that, I've, I forgot about something I was going to ask you about and now I've forgotten what it was. Never mind. Um, but yeah, that, that, I mean, we're going through that now with our startup uh, that I'm a co-founder of. We're, you know, we're about to release uh, into open beta and, and we know that, that the whole point of that is is feedback i mean yeah. there's nothing oh that's what i was going to say that yeah when in regards to finding out the why like so why the no something that i don't think people do often enough as well is just ask like there's something about ambiguity that we see we seem really comfortable with as as people where we we sort of go away from something and try and guess why they said no what they were thinking what, what you know and try and infer what people would, just ask people like there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with just going okay. I well, get you know, no, you know, you get. Can you tell answers. me why? You know, you get those answers from uh, mainly VCs that it's generally the same set of wording just moved around. You know, it's right, it's right, not right. quite ready. If I've given you the way I see it, you know, if we've spent an hour on the phone, me pitching, I've spent time beforehand plus all the other time. In my mind, the least you know, the least you owe me is the real reason why. Because yeah. if I can't take something away from it, so I generally do. I would say, well, come on, that that's not that's not a response I'm looking for. I, I, you know, for me to go away and do something with that, you know, I gave you an hour of my time. The least you could do is, uh, you know, let's. You know, I, I just don't like. You know, I'm, I'm a I'm a bit Be of a more specific. Like, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I I reply to everybody, and I get mm -hmm. a lot. Not in my spam box, but. I like to reply. I go to bed with an empty inbox. I'm one of those people. Mm. Um, oh, that must be nice. And even Maybe that's if it's, why I don't sleep. Yeah, I, yeah, I struggle. It's, yeah, when I see people on the phone and they've got like 3,000 in that little red dot, I shriek, I think. And I've got all my, I've got four email accounts for the business over various things and everyone is, everything's folded and filed. Um, I should start using superhuman actually and I, I keep meaning to but the tight northerner in me doesn't want to pay 30 pound a month to to save me it's 20 minutes 20 minutes a day it could save me so i really what does it do? to, what's that it's um it's an ai tool that plugs into your gmail and it essentially you create lots of uh shortcuts so you can set reminders so you can press like f whatever and it will put it into your reminders and file it into the right file so it's just a quick way of decluttering and organizing your life very very quickly um yeah yeah, yeah if, you, if you're I'm, a, I'm the one with all the numbers on the inbox so oh no i can't i, I can't and, and and it's this you know even if someone's in the wrong content i still reply i, I don't know why i just do and mm. I, I, just probably in the hope that 
the 300 people who've uh, ghosted me on uh, LinkedIn after accepting my request that one day they'll reply. Um, <laughs> you never know. Yeah, you never... I've had re I've had replies like years later from people before. Like it's but when, crazy. When, when you're in fundraise mode and you sat there at night and you've got LinkedIn in, and your phone in one hand and then your deck and whatever in the other hand and you and you're working through it all and you know you're messaging hundreds and hundreds of people. Uh, you know, we live in that world. Generally, is an inve an angel investor. He's probably not looking at LinkedIn. He's probably once a month or once a quarter or hardly at all. But you take it really personally. You think, well, mm. well, I do it. I reply to everybody. So, so why wouldn't you? Um, do you know? Do you know what the honest truth is? Like, I can tell you myself as an angel investor um, what it's like. So, inboxes are full. Right. And I think this goes for all of us, right, it, to a degree. Maybe you're an exception because you reply to every email. But for the vast majority of us, if we get a message or an email, we usually see them, right? But first of all, a lot of people are writing the same email, right? There's no, there's nothing out in them that stands out, that looks different, that captures your attention. They're always usually very long. And this, you know, going back to my sales roots, you know, I can tell you that you really don't want any more than two paragraphs. Um, and... They tell you too much, not, not not just by meaning too long, but they give you too much information. There's something to be said about being a bit mysterious, about holding back, you know, sort of giving enough information to make you go, oh, that sounds interesting, but holding enough back to say, I want to make them say, I want to know more, right? You know, being a bit mysterious. And honestly, I see these messages and what will happen is I'll click them. I'll go, that's really interesting. I, I go to reply and then something else, like someone in my team messages me, I get a call. So I think the majority of the time, it's people just don't have the time to reply. They forget something comes in their inbox, other priorities take over because of, you know, I found this back in my cold calling days and still when I, when I train people to do cold calling now, that when you send an email and a LinkedIn outreach and then do a cold call, nine times out of 10, when you say, I sent you that email, did you see it? I say, oh yeah, I did actually. And if it was an interesting proposition, I'd probably say, it actually sounded really good. I've been meaning to reply, I've just been busy. So thank you for calling. Like, if it's a good offering, do you know what I mean? That's what they'll say. So I think that's a that's a really important lesson. It's like, you know, don't just give up. <laughs> well, I, I'll always, you know, the messages sometimes you get, you know, I'm always getting sold stuff, you know, just because I've got found oh, yeah. my you know data scripts and I'm, and I'm getting tired that's what it's like for me founder advisor and angel oh like, you're, yeah you are fucking yeah. 40 messages a day <laughs> and, and, and if, if somebody generically puts me into a, a sequencing tool and i'm being outreached i will be really blunt and mm. say, put some effort in that that is terrible um mm. i feel i try and get really creative i i look at what school you went to i look at university they went to and what yeah. what gigs what gigs were on in their era and, and and make it really weird and strange and you know i've had two or three times where people have gone look it's not a sector for me but that is the most interesting email anyone's ever sent me you know i i'm a little bit of a weirdo anyway so you know you just get under the bonds of it because yeah yeah getting a lot of those boring same same emails hey i can get you 60 customers a day a millisecond i'm going to make you a millionaire i'm thinking what i mean whoever's at the top of that that sales team is well they're not doing a great job are they um, right no quality and, that, and that's what they're selling you yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. yeah which is the irony yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, gosh i think linkedin should probably get rid of them they're, they're a bit they're a little bit annoying yeah it's that and um and 
and development and devs i get so many messages for from developers messaging asking if they want you know if we want their services and it's just like well we've got a product guys like we've clearly got a team already you know just to do, do a little bit of research come at it from a different angle you know maybe say you know we notice you don't have this kind of thing in your product have you got a team specialized in that because we do like try that because at the very least what it might mean is i think okay actually we don't have that we don't need it right now but maybe in future we do now i know these guys exist you know like there are ways of doing that you know there's, i don't know there's but you know it's it's on it's on mass everyone's trying their best it's it's not easy I think it's probably going to get worse before it gets better with you know the yeah, likes of, i mean the tools i mean i use apollo um which yeah likewise is just wow what a tool um yeah you know the likes of hubspot if i was hubspot i'd be mm. very worried you know hubspot do are offering every founder 90 percent for 12 months and you've got all these competitors building the little sections the marketing bit the sales but that are just far superior and mm. uh, yeah i would be quite worried um from what I know about, because I, I know HubSpot quite well, and they've got some stuff in the works. They're yeah. going to be all right. They're going to no, be all right. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, a, they're, they're a huge beast. You know, they'll, yeah. they'll... And they've always been kind of ahead of the game with some of their tools, like, you know, in that sense, I think, which is why they kind of become a bit of a staple for startups in, in the last couple of years. But um, yeah, they'll be all right. They're going to be, I know they're going to be, they're working on some some interesting AI stuff. And they've already started releasing a bit of it here and there. But yeah, I think I, they'll be fine actually a tool just while we're on that something i saw today um on the ai panel it was an avatar of yourself that, as a chatbot mm. but it yeah I've, I've never seen this being launched in the next couple of weeks this guy had been working on it and it pops up on the side and you're actually talking live to this ai avatar of you and i just thought no, wow I, i'd want that i mean I, with my northern yeah. accent droning over my website just like hey how can i help you <laughs> i just thought wow and the face of you know customer engagement is on this mm. you know seismic shift at the moment yeah 100 it's, it's yeah, percent. I've, I've seen similar tools like that for outreach as well like there was one way it's not quite there yet but there's one where you know you can automate a lot of outreach for like things we were just talking about leveraging uh you know like uh, things like loom and vidyard but you know how there's the video of you in the corner for, for those things um you can you can do do what you were saying there with an avatar that's like a, a 3d version of yourself and it will just read whatever text so the text is different for each company that you send you can add personalization based on extracting information from their linkedin and it just does it all for you instead of having to make a different one for each person you can feed it a list of like three thousand, and it will just do it like that's that's definitely going to be the future of outreach it's going to have that level it's and it's going to be indistinguishable from the real thing uh, at some point 100%. yeah well that's yeah, yeah. scary times but uh also exciting times i think this it one is, as well, it? It, it did 30 languages and it could pick wow. up your language so yeah. you would oh, i mean yeah is, well, if it's indistinguishable from the real thing and the real thing works because it's personable because it makes people feel like they're connecting to people if it simulate if it if it uh, pulls out the same emotional reaction from people i don't see that as a bad thing i think it's when it it doesn't it, it doesn't hit the mark and it creates a disdain or distaste for that brand or that company that's a problem we're in that middle position right now where it's not quite refined and that's why it's rubbing up people the wrong well, way well they say that 80% so chatbots will answer 80% of a customer's needs so you've you've captured 80% of that bit and it's just distinguishing 
when do we get the real human involved and that's the bit the bridge that they're, that they're trying to do but you can get 80 percent of all your questions answered well that's you know a huge saving on the on resources for, for, yeah, for any business yeah exactly. yeah exactly yeah interesting times but um i wanted to ask you about something because you said you're expecting um uh your second child um <laughs> yeah. So, so, and you were just talking about your schedule and stuff. Like, how how do you how are you going to consolidate all of that? I mean, that's um, you know, have you have you and the wife sat down about that and thought about how your schedule is going to work? Once, do you know? Yeah, you're having a boy or a girl. We're having a boy. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Really, so do you know, do you really know how that's going to change when, it, it, when well, you... it'll change everything. In my head, I'm going to be working with a crying baby and doing juggling. Um, I have automated a lot of things you know bookkeeping's done all the things that when i'm doing them i'm listening to emo music or some some punk rock those all those tasks that i actually quite like doing because that you, you can do them but they're not the best use of my time yeah um and i've sort of made the outreach of clients we've got new clients lined up for 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 the first quarter and we're working on the finalizing the clients that we can handle in the second quarter so i've I sort of planned it ahead so that we can I can still be active um yeah I'm I'm gonna cross that bridge when I get to it everyone keeps telling me that it's going to be crazy but I'm I'm very good under pressure I'm very good high functioning at speed um a friendly reminder to share this episode with your network like comment and subscribe it really helps the show and only takes a couple of minutes I'm quite good on uh, without sleep as well um, although i've been getting a good eight hours on average at least a day which i'm really enjoying um mm. but when i, I think back in my, 20, <laughs> in, my, in my 20s i i barely slept so i yeah you know, i i can i can cope um but i think yeah we'll just cross that bridge when we get to it yeah I think. yeah because yeah. Yeah, no, it's just like just like being becoming a founder no one can really tell you what it's going to be like until you do it right so it's just like yeah figure it out when you once you're there but, um... you know it's i'm I'm lucky in a sense that yes it's my business uh yes it's a digital business so it can be 3 a.m and i can be working it can be right. we can be any any time any place so you know as long as i i, I block those bits out I'm, you know i'm still able to work um throughout and i have been working far too many hours of late in in mm. you know knowing what is around the corner trying to get that workload in um you know getting these clients lined up and, and working on product and trying to hire and trying to close my round and yeah, yeah um but, but any anything you know the all the outreach is now and the investor updates and you know i use all the tools that i can get my hands on to make my life easier um mm. so i think i'm in a, a, a good position um you're gonna yeah, take I mean, some, some time off maybe the first couple of weeks do you think uh, no, definitely, definitely. Yep. Yeah, um, I've got three sisters and one brother. They have oh, right. fifteen children between them. Oh wow! Yeah, You're busy. Yeah, so yeah. I assume yeah. between like them and their partners, not between them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> That's good. Yeah, but although they've, you know, they're still in Lancashire and and, and don't work in the the tech industry, right? So it's difficult, you know, the partners having to go back to work, physical jobs mm. in, you know, after two weeks and 
you know, maybe someone's, you know, had a cesarean or whatever, and you know, you need to be at home. So I feel for anybody in, in that position. Um, yeah, 100%. I, I say I will take two weeks off, but I will not be able to do that just because of me. I will always be, you know, checking that everything's still spinning. I like to spin plates. You know, I have mm. my outreach and, and, and various things where I can just go and check that the messaging's right or I can bulk upload my LinkedIn posts. And, you know, as long as I, you know, I live my life in lists. I, you and know, you've got to make sure that inbox is clear, right? You're not going to be able to spend two weeks about checking the inbox. In, inbox, will, inbox will be clear, which means I have to action <laughs> things, which yeah. there are things blocked out permanently in, in my calendar that I will always, I will always do. Uh, you know, mm. it's back to work, bulk work, you know, those sort of things. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. But yeah, we, we definitely are in some weird ways, like you just touched on there, kind of in a privileged position as well, which, you know, I, I suppose even people working for tech startups, you know, let alone running them uh, from home and, and have these sort of, you know, this flexible schedule to a degree and stuff especially when it comes down to things like maternity or paternity, right? We're in such a privileged position because like you said, that, 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 that position, a lot of parents are in, especially first time parents are in when, when someone has to end up going back to physical job, like it's tough, but that's what we've been doing. You know, that's what most people are just used to. They can't even imagine another way of doing it. Right. Yeah. Well, I've got seven minutes between my house, my gym and my office. So I'm always mm. seven minutes away by bicycle and it's, yeah, it's, it's a good, you know, maybe the gym will be the one that suffers a little bit, but, you know, being able to get out, go to the office for three hours, you know, work really efficiently. I think that'll keep things, you know, maybe not in the first two weeks, I probably won't want to leave the house and, uh, yeah. You know, as new parents do, but um, no, I I would imagine I will get structure. Depends how much the baby cries. <laughs> well, my my mum said that uh, out of the five children she had and the fifteen grandkids that she's seen, um, I was by far the worst as a, as a oh, baby. Really? I I cried, I I cried and screamed till I was about two. Oh right, uh, shit. So <laughs> that doesn't bode well then. You read what I was. I was actually a month early, so maybe that was it. Um, right. That, that's what I'm hoping on. I'm thinking he'll be he'll be chilled and he'll understand that I've, you know, I've got I've got some important stuff to do. But uh, yeah, if yeah. hopefully he'll get it, he'll be like, okay, Dad, I'm I'm with you on. That. Oh, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, as long <laughs> as uh, yeah, I mean, as it comes, I can't wear. I'm, yeah. Know, oh, yeah, I'm it's the best. Very it's fortunate best. position. Um, you know, I My son, like... the first thing he did, literally seconds after he, he uh, it was a C-section, first thing he did, because he was handed over to me first, because she was obviously being sorted out after that. And the first thing he did was sneeze. And then <laughs> and then silence for like a full day, like pretty much no crying and nothing. He was absolutely amazing. So um, it does happen. You do hear of it happening. But I just thought it was quite funny that the first noise you make was a sneeze. A sneeze like, yeah. As if you were saying, I'm allergic to this shit already. Just like, yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and I told my wife uh, later when she um, uh, when she sort of, you know, come back round again and, and she was like, oh, it's no surprise. You're always fucking ill. So <laughs> it's no surprise that he's ill as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah in, 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 my, in my head, I would be like, oh, I'll just I'll bring him to the WeWork and, you know, the that's what the rooms here are uh, soundproof. So, well, I mean, yeah, I haven't seen work. many people do that, but. Uh, mm, yeah, there's probably a reason for that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Be, I tell you, you mentioned the gym earlier. I, I think a great business idea. We should see gyms with a crash. Like, that would be amazing, you know? 
or like you know little so like you imagine you've got a treadmill and at, next to every treadmill is like one of those little play areas that's well, what you I, need like i actually think gym about this purpose built for for that think about this as i look to scale the business in uh march when we do our next predicted round in march 25 mm. uh, and we're, you know we've stretched the team to 20 to 30 ish and you know i see more and more tech businesses now offering three months for 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 men um for paternity and i think that's i mean it's only works really in the tech business mm. you know you couldn't say that to a factory worker but i've been thinking about my company handbook and you know how do you keep staff you know the demand now is different it's not people don't just want cash they want yeah you know, you know we're 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 thinking about you know what do we give them and i always thought well maybe we'll have a you know a full-time nanny in in the crash in the we work so we get a little office and or, or whatever whatever office we get but imagine that as a as a, as a perk you know you can mm. bring your kid to work and i know the government do it i've got a friend who works in government and they can drop the kid off at seven and pick them up at 7 p.m and they're in the same building as them all day so they get yeah. lunch, lunch time with them i thought well what, what you know what a perk that would be and you know we've we're looking at the sort of a four day well a five day a week but over over four days you know my opinion is nobody likes working Monday morning and no one really works Friday afternoon. So mm. we're trying to put some structure in place. You know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is when the magic happens. Right, um, right. They're, the, they're the hard days. Monday, you know, we're looking at, you know, potentially Monday morning, we don't want anybody logging on until after they've had the lunch. So do your washing, enjoy your Sunday hangover, whatever that may be. Mm. And then Monday's prepping. Monday's prepping for the meetings that you've got that you've already booked. And then Friday morning, you do the same till lunchtime. And it gives people you're still engaged over five days but mm. it just means you can go away for a long weekend and we're trying to think about you know creating a culture over you know culture's got to come first we yeah. can't be having churn we, we want people to stick with us and be part of the journey um it's very very important to me the food industry i'm from it doesn't have that it's mm. very very old school you know you get the the classic 20 days and then they go oh plus your bank holidays and you think well legally obliged to give me those anyway so mm -hmm. and you know i became i became a mental health first aider in the workplace when i uh, left that last job i had some free mm -hmm. courses available so i went and did that and we really brought it's attention to my eyes that you know you've got to look after people you know you've yeah. got to you, you that's got it's why one of my values is you know people and the planet first you look after the people you look they'll look after your business so mm. we, you know we're we're early but we're going to trial a few things and, and see what lands i just kind of think well, how would i like to be trapped you know yeah and it's not just about retention is it it's about attraction you know it's about you know being you want to be seen as the place to work and to attract the, the top talent too and i think this is something a lot of people forget about you know like it's even something that people forget about in terms of the like you can build a great culture but you, then you should be shouting about it i feel like you know, I want I want to see more content on LinkedIn that's more like behind the scenes stuff of businesses and startups, not 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 advertising to other businesses and startups like that's that's for that's your marketing strategy. You know, you use that on on X and on Facebook and, and stuff like that. I want to see the behind the scenes stuff. Why do people love working with you? Why is it fun? What so, in, you know, that would attract business just as well. But also, more importantly, as a bit of PR, you know, why not? Like I, if you're going to put all these well. great things in place, I think people need a shout about it yeah we did a little bit of this on the accelerator recently and understanding you know you, the best talent can come through the door but if they don't fit 
you know, the team and the people, yeah. like the types of people that you have and the leaders and how you structure all that. You know, we're very lucky. We're, we're a team of two. But the, the reason when I, you know, me and Andrew, when we first met, it was the first time I've ever met anybody on a dating website. That's that's how long I've been with my partner. I found him on a tech <laughs> website. And, you know, you know, I had an idea about his background, three startups, but that's not what was important to me. Um, mm. You know, it, it was, you know, why do you get up? What makes you tick? Yeah. And when we, you know, we've discussed this a lot and trying to understand you know, what does that person look like that we bring on? and how will they look and how will they fit and how will they want to feel um you know you get that right especially in an early stage business if you've got you know if you've got one in four churning because they're jumping for a an extra 20k you know we want to pay well but we also want you to feel you know what is more important and as the younger generation are coming through they want to work less you know we're going to see four day weeks you know three day weeks we're going to see ai removing jobs Mm. And I think people now they want they value time. They want the time. They want to be able to enjoy the you know they want to be able to work from home or techies orders. They want to be able to work from home twenty four seven, which is a whole other you know battlefield in itself. But you know, I think it's about understanding the demographic of the people you're trying to employ and, and mm. the values. And once you've got those things in place, I'll probably come back in twenty four months and be running a shit show and be like, God, what's going on here? I've, I've got it all wrong, but. I've got no, a plan no, and, I've thought, and I've thought about it and, we, and we've got it all mapped out of how yeah how no it, it, look. It, it doesn't sound like you've been flipping about it you've, you've clearly spent a lot of time thinking about it and I think it's it's the right track and 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 what a lot of a lot of the you know the new sort of level of founders coming into the the, the ecosystem are are doing and thinking about I, I suppose the challenges are they're still there though like I, I don't think anyone is fully managed to wrap their head around yet at this stage what the challenges will be with something like remote working and hybrid working and no one has found the best way of doing it i'm figuring that out i know lots of you know my fellow founders are figuring that out we need to do better with that i think and then the challenge like you said with the sort of newer generation coming up sort of wanting to work less but still being able to get the same level of output that's a challenge too um because i don't think that yeah there's that there are definitely people out there that that would just want to work less and mean that in terms of output too yeah <laughs> and that's just that's just not kosher like i'm not going to support that i'm sorry but if you can if you can deliver the same amount of output as matey boy next door and do two days less a week fine i don't give a shit just as long as you're delivering like you know that's the way i run my businesses um you know i don't really care how often you're in the office or or at your desk or whatever at home it's just about does the work get done and does it get done to a, a high standard and you know can it be done to a higher standard are we checking that are we pushing ourselves yes okay take as much time off as you want I, you know it doesn't matter really but if you yeah. if you if you get that early and you, and you set expectations so you said look you come in you're a coder this is what we want over 12 months can you deliver it yes okay common ground agreed we can we can do mm -hmm. it you know i'm a big believer in you know working smart not hard you know right if it's taking you four hours a day one task find a way to do it better that's mm. how we that's where i am that's how i work yeah. um, it needs to be incrementally can, getting quicker and better you can right. do it in one minute and you can guarantee what you've achieved you can do it in one minute per day then fine i'll pay you the same you do one minute a day yeah if that, that's entirely up to you it's you know we would never want people that it's a long time and spend hours and hours and i think love it but surely people should love their own time so it's mm. this you know works work smart not hard and you know that's very embedded in 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 
you know our our values and and how we see you know i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing if that wasn't the way we are you know we're trying to make an old industry work in the 21st century with tools that have been around for 10 15 years um mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, you know we you know, that's rich in our blood so and that has got to be with our with the people that we employ um yeah yeah 100 and yeah i think you touched on this but I, I agree with you as well in relation to culture in the sense that i often refer to it as ensuring you have a shared set of values especially for the people that you work with very closely i think you know the same rules apply to who you consider to be friends and and especially in the early stages of startups so you're very close to each other you know a, a co-founder especially but you know even the the, the rest of the founding team you know, you're going to be spending a lot of time together, a lot of time, you know, by each other's side. And you've got to have those shared values culturally and, uh, and in terms of personality traits and so on to a degree. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the way that the diversity concept is being executed en masse. But what I do agree in terms of the diversity side of things is diversity of thought. I think that's incredibly important. Um, but you still need to have that shared there needs to be something, right? You don't want to have someone so different from you because they offer a different skill set to you to, to complement you that you just can't speak the same language. Otherwise, it's not going to work, right? Yeah, there's a lot of the sort of like when you're filling out investment forms, you know, hey, fill out our, our air table or, or whatever they use. There's always that question is, you know, are you are you white and are you male? Right. And and, and and you know have you got any female founders have you got any you know xyz and you know i've had it a few times where i've actually been asked from from vcs you know what what are your next hires what do they look like and are you going to try and hire more diverse people now i am all for it because i see what it does yeah but it I'm all for it I, but it's I, the wrong I, approach but if i put an <laughs> if i put an application form out and only 40 men apply for the job I'm not just going to say no because I was. I'm not looking. I'm just looking whatever comes in as best. I see the value of it. I, I'm fully behind that, and mm. you know it can do wonderful things. But it has to be right. And there's a lot of ticking boxes. You know that. How do we look on the outside? And a lot of that goes on. And, and, and again, that's something else in potentially VC culture that you know they're trying to, you know, get those stats down that you know seventy six percent of money is raised in London. And two percent is from uh, female founders, although female founders are more successful than, than male founders. Um, but it has to be has to be for the right reason. Yeah, um, and it's and, not and, for the right reason right now, in my opinion. No, unfortunately, no. It's it's unfortunately coming mostly, I would say, very very mostly from bad actors. It's it's uh, yeah, which is a shame. But you're right. You know, you're right. That, you know, having a diversity of backgrounds and ideas and opinions is is important, but. Uh, I personally don't attribute that to people's gender or race. I think that comes from like, there could be, you know, someone that lived down the street from you that looks pretty much identical to you will have a completely different way of approaching things, bring a completely different set of skills. It doesn't matter what country they're from or what gender they are or what they look like. Different people have different personalities and different skill sets. That's just the way it is. That's diversity yeah. at the end of itself. Well, it's what happens it, you know, in your, the four walls of your house. You know? Right, exactly. That's a yeah. big part of, of, of how you approach situations and deal with things and your viewpoints yeah so that's and you could be next door neighbors you know right. and, I, and i saw i saw an article recently just to sort of hammer this point home i saw a, an article recently uh criticizing some invest uh some um, a huge amount of money raised by uh these four co-founders for an ai startup uh, somewhere uh, some nordic country i can't remember which and it was criticizing it based on the fact that these were all white men 
um, which immediately is obviously racist, which I, I, I'm surprised I have to point out these days, but it, it very clearly is even having to, if you point out that someone is white and male, that's both, you know, uh, sexist yeah, yeah. and racist. But anyway, we seem to let that slide when it's about men and and, and, and white men, especially, but there we go. That's the world we live in. Um, but yeah, they, yeah they, they, they were sort of attacking them essentially for that. And basically, you know, because of the claim that they weren't diverse enough. And I just did a little bit of digging on these individuals. They were from very different parts of their their respective country that they yes they did all share they all went to had very different backgrounds you know some went to university others didn't you know other worked on a building site when he was younger like hugely diverse backgrounds and you know and then sort of specializing in very different things technology commercial marketing and you know uh, operations of running the company as a ceo it's like that is diversity <laughs> like, yeah. that, that is exactly the point of diversity like you know just saying well because they're all white they're not diverse is an incredibly stupid take in my opinion um like yeah okay like maybe they could learn a thing or two about other culture if they have, how is that going to help them build their fucking business <laughs> like, <laughs> so i don't know i don't know but uh I, I, yeah, I think it's a. It, I would I would have said a couple of years ago that what I'm saying is an unpopular opinion, but I think fortunately now common sense is is coming back uh, yeah. to us all a little bit in that regard. So hopefully the VCs will catch up with their quota quota ticking because um, it's all just PR, right? But I did want to briefly ask you about something else. Um, you mentioned about how you you became the uh, the the mental health uh, was it a mental health first aider? Yeah. What 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 drew you to that? Was there any particular reason? Um. I've had a I've had a lot of friends growing up um, that have that have suffered um, from from various mental health issues. Um, I'm a very very lucky that I um, have a very positive, again, half full outlook, um, and especially in the workplace, this you know the culture of the way people would treat. And I thought you know I really want to do something about that. I'm going to be able to. You know, if I decided I was going to be a set up my own business and I really wanted to try and learn and understand, you know, what certain things could be done to, to stop these really bad events that, that can lead to, you know, suicide or other or, or other or major things. Um, mm. You know, I'm a, you know, a lot of my friends will lean on me and, and listen to me and probably get bored of me, to be honest, in my northern dulcet tone. But, you know, I, I, I find it very soothing. I, yeah, thanks. I have I have a passion for for other people's well being, um, mm. and I thought again the northern me it was free because at the time I was technically employed, so it was great and I could do it. But you know, I learned a lot about it, and and if I can, you know, see things that that you know, it's it's simple things, isn't it? It's somebody that's um, really loud and outgoing, and somebody that's you know really in in their own shell. Well, don't sit them next to each other you know sit them together and, and just let them have a conversation around the idea that look i'm the sort of person that annoys you i'm the sort of person that doesn't like being talked to they can have that conversation they can then use that and then you don't create friction whereas you know you would don't really think about where you're going to sit people you just tell people mm -hmm. to sit but understanding that different triggers in people's you know state and the way they react to things is very very important which means you you then open up a bigger pool of people for yourself for the business and um, you know you can see it you know the biggest failure in business apart from founders falling out is, is, is staff right it's, it's mm. you know these internal politics and people not getting along and, and there's some 
methodology you can use by you know having a, a sit together it's easier as you start it in a, just a team of two but then team, as your team expands and you can have these like workshops together where you all sit down and and you you're open about you know well i actually think that you know the way you laugh or the way you chew your crisps or the you know the way that you always send an email five minutes late or do this on deadline you know these things you, you start to look at those then what do you do you remove those and all you get is greater productivity so everybody benefits but it, nobody ever thinks about the, the correlation between that and the success and, and, and productivity. I mean, they're so intertwined. And if you can understand it, and it was very valuable. Yeah, I would yeah, I'd recommend yeah. To, to people to look at it. It's, uh, no, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a subject very close to my heart. And um, and that's why I was just curious. But yeah, I, I agree. There's definitely ways you can do it. I, I would I would maybe sort of play devil's advocate and just say that I think some of what you mentioned there is just people being people, right? You're not going to be able to change that. You know, you know, I, so many offices I've worked in where there's always that one person that complains that someone left a cup in the sink without cleaning. I don't think you can change and it. You can't change it because all I think then is just fucking clean it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be a team player. If someone oh, you'll never, you'll the never sink, the clean yogurt it. pot person, they'll, they'll always leave the yogurt right. pot in the sink. They, they will. They will, and I'll, I'll, I'm always a sucker. I'll, I'll, clean, out. I'll, I'll clean it up, you know. Exactly. You, I'm that guy that would just clean it and not even worry about it. I'm just like, oh, I'm here. I might as well clean it, you know. And if, if you're if you're aware of it, I think the awareness of that that person and that person mm. could potentially then you there, there there are things you can do. There are, yeah. You know, if you start to understand, then when you're hiring, there's certain things you can look at and think. Well, how does that person fit? Well, we know that that person. Is going to jar with that person because we've seen that in the past. You know, these, yeah. these types of things. Um, but it's tough though because you also end up in a position where someone is extraordinarily qualified for the role. You desperately need that particular skill set, and they may not be the entirely best, or they might upset one person. And it's like, well, sorry guys, it's going to upset one person, but the net positive for the business is X. You know, you're never going to be able to make everyone happy. It's kind of my point. You oh, need no. to make the right decisions for the business. And there's going to be those difficult decisions. Um, unfortunately, I've seen them time and time again, had to make them time and time again. It's unfortunate, but that is the way it is. We just, just that, you know, everyone's going to kind of be civil and grown up. Right. Mitigate risk. Exactly. Just, be aw just, being aware of it. Just, just aware of it, you know. Mm. And you've not got a full-scale war on your hands and you turn up one morning right. but uh no it was it was uh, new to me when you arrived in the office yeah 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 <laughs> um but no it's if you have anyone who gets a chance definitely uh something to look at it's quite light but it, mm. it's just it's just interesting you know it's it's a subject that's very close to me um you know i think there's i mean there's an increase with people you know suffering um you know we're a little bit more open these days we, we do tend to talk a little bit more but not as much as we should um very much again there's a north south divide with this um you know it's, we're a lot more open in in london where you go to you know little old lancashire and well oh you're you're a bloke you should swallow that and just get on with it no it's you that's like yeah I, I, like here well i mean my dad listens to this. He'll think I'm. He does think he think he does think I'm soft. But uh, you know, we're all hugs and we're all we're all hugs down here. And and you yeah, know, talking about emotions and and uh, it's a generational thing as well. But there is a correlation between you know the north and the the hard cities. You know that are cold and damp and mm. you know. But yeah, it's interesting because there's there's a while I agree that we talk about it more. I still don't think we're talking about it properly, right? Like. I was talking about this with someone recently 
um as well who who works in the mental health space um she's a founder and and she was asking for my take on it because I, I said something about about similar to that like when she you know she was saying we're getting better talking about it and and essentially I, th I think men especially are pretty bad at um, opening up even in the south right I don't know much about the north but at least in my experience because especially in the workplace because of the it does open you up to um to, to scrutiny and in certain roles it can set you up for failure and a really good example of that is my background being in sales you know, if if you were to say to your sales manager in sales when you've been, I don't know, let's say given a promotion and you've got, you know, a higher quota and, you know, maybe a team to manage, I'm struggling. Like I need some time off. I'm I'm physically and mentally drained and I'm 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 stressed, whatever, those opportunities will be taken away and they'll be given to someone else. Like and that's the harsh reality of it. Because yeah. I mean, it does make sense from a business perspective for that to happen. And so the incentive there is not to say that you're stressed. It's not to say that you need help, you know, and that's the harsh reality. Um, I think of anyone that's in a high stress position to actually say I'm stressed because of the expectation is it's a high stress position that comes with the territory, you know, and, and so it's a really difficult situation for people. Um, and so we tell them in these sort of places of work, like, you know, tell us how you're feeling and we care about your mental health on one hand and, you know, unlimited paid time off and this, that and the other, but on the other, you'll get penalized and you may lose your job if you actually tell us how you really feel. Really yeah, yeah. So it's kind of all bullshit, really, in down south. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble. Probably got it better up north. At least everyone knows where they stand, right? Yeah, yeah. No, they tell me how it is. I know that. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a bit of a pessimistic way of looking at it. But I think for certain certain businesses, certain jobs, uh, industries, that's certainly the case, at least, I've I've come across. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sales culture, especially, is is that you know that omega bang on your chest, you know, sell, 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 and you know, it's, I mean, it's, well, to a degree, it can be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in, in older, it's more about just can I trust this person to do the job, right? And and if you feel like they're in some way compromised, even if it is, it might even come out of a place of of compassion to say like, okay, then we'll take away some responsibility, but that means you may also be taking away opportunity. And that's the sort of double-edged sword of that. Mm. You know, you need to relieve some pressure from this person because they need it for their mental health. But actually, that's not what they need. What they, you know, in their in their personal lives or financial lives, that's actually not helpful. So it's it's a, a very difficult, you know, balancing act to have. Good intention or, or bad, you know. Yes, that's why I go all out trying to think less people. You know. Right technology to 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 you know there are tools now where you can get cro's there's people building those there's people building a tool to replace pretty much everything i mean you saw i don't know if you read uh, nfx there was a, a three-person unicorn you know just wow you yeah know, they come yeah, in yeah. and spin, spin a few plates and yeah it's people that cause headaches because people's lives change people are unpredictable uh, people know, gonna people that's my saying People yeah, people are gonna people are gonna people, yeah. <laughs> um, so as much as I can, uh, especially in these early stages, as much as I can alleviate that with um, with process and um, and technology, then yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, think... I I can't remember who it was. There was a founder online I saw recently giving us some sort of speech in the university, and he was talking about burnout, and he said how um the the myth around burnout is that you know when as a founder you if you get to that point or you feel you're getting to that point you go okay take a break go on holiday and he said the actual truth is 
you don't do that because you can't do that. You end up just going through it and you keep going through it and you keep pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back. And there isn't really any sort of upshot from that. You are just burnt out all the time. And that's it. Like nothing really happens. <laughs> like You're just always burnt out. And I was like, that's kind of sad, but kind of true. You know, someone actually said to me the other day, he said the biggest advice for gig is as soon as you can afford a COO, get one in, bring them in because all that stuff you're doing you know mm. really ceos what they like to be in charge of people and a little bit of you know selling but you know getting someone in can do all that grunt work and the, you know those types of people they love doing that they love churning through work because that's them that's their that's their persona and generally founders are not that person that loves unless you you know your co-founder is one of those but we generally don't like it so why would you mm. continue to do it but all of a sudden you've got to fork out you know six figures to, to to get this right person which obviously doesn't fit in a in a young business yeah 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 exactly yeah it's tough man no one's got the, all the answers that's for sure that's what i'm learning more and more speaking uh to people in this in this show <laughs> none of us have the answers but we're figuring it out all of us we're, yeah which we're trying aren't we we're trying we're talking about it and yeah come which I, th I think that's quite um that's quite relieving i think from for a lot of us too to realize that we're all just figuring, you know, because there is this feeling, especially for younger entrepreneurs, feeling like looking up, like I said, at the Elon Musk of the world, you know, all of these big names um, and just thinking, oh, they put their shit together. And it's like, no, no, no what is it? The average <laughs> age of a successful, which is a funny word, isn't it? The successful entrepreneur or successful founder. Right. I think the average age is 46, 45 or 46 is, right. is when they generally become well, exited. Yeah, you it's, know, it's on IPO or something like that. It's right? that sort yeah. of number. So, God, yeah, how lucky again going back to these youngsters, these twenty-four-year-olds starting businesses. Oh, God, they're they're going to be super schooled. They'll, they'll yeah. I'll be back in. I'll be backing them on the next business. I'll be back. I'd back yeah, them on this one to be honest. It's a good one. So, but mm. yeah, it's um, yeah, it's not defining that horrible world failure. It's you know understanding it's just a process and it's wrong mm. and sometimes it'll be right and if you can just be thick-skinned and deal with it but uh that's but yeah. the key isn't it i mean it's it's having thick skin it's resilience i think that's that's so important because if you've got that you can pretty much do anything right you can charge through anything and come out the end of it brush yourself down see what you learn and move on to the next next stage right that's the key well i, yeah. could, I could i could pay my london mortgage by delivering groceries and renting a spare room out so if i can do that um whilst running us whilst running a startup so if I, if I can do that then i can you know i can i can handle this um exactly you know, I'm not sure how it would be delivering groceries again but uh yeah but yeah. if you had to do it you would right yeah right. yeah that's, that's it yeah. yeah 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 um and, and and that and that that's also down to ego as well right making sure that you've got your ego in check not thinking you're above anything no one's above anything especially when it comes to to, to living and you know taking care of the responsibilities in your life no one's above anything do do what you need to do to make that happen i think that's yeah. going to be important yeah exactly for everyone yeah yeah well look um we're coming to the end that flew by i honestly don't know how we managed is that the time or am i misreading yeah. that time because that no, it is, yeah that. yeah it is well look, thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it and i know how busy you are so uh it's been great talking to you man and um Look, have a great Christmas. Is there anything that um, that we should be telling people to check out? Obviously, I'll put your website and your LinkedIn and everything in the in the the description. But is there anything people should be going and checking out or keeping their eye on? 
Um, no, just just watch this space, really. I mean, we're uh, like I said, I'm a I'm a camel, not a unicorn. So um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's small steps, but uh, yeah. you know, forward forward motion. But uh, no, we're looking forward uh, to the next twenty four. 36 48 60 months um as as we as we go on our journey and, and you know like again we're always learning so no it's yeah uh, it's been a pleasure it's really good to actually just talk about things as well which uh i don't just do enough of yeah 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 let a few people yeah, listen yeah. to it it's it gives me some uh some social proof everyone keep telling me i need more social proof so me talking for two hours um about things that are close to me um they can make it what they want um exactly you know. that's the idea of this yeah yeah that's the I, idea yeah yeah we we don't care what people make of it if they take something away from it great if they don't fine don't care yeah <laughs> yeah no yeah water over looks back but uh, great <laughs> yeah exactly but uh, look man really good luck with uh with finalizing the rest of this round uh and yeah fingers crossed for for everything in the new year it's uh you know sounds really promising the waiting list that you've built up and everything for january so you know we'll, we'll be keeping in touch anyway yeah um and, and to be honest, when this episode comes out, everything I just said won't make sense then because this will be coming out in the new year. So all of this will have already happened. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, good luck. And cool, cool. Uh, hopefully we'll do this again soon. Yeah, brilliant. I look forward to it. Cool, man. Have a good weekend. Yeah, See you, you later. Too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and or watching. Please like and subscribe and join in the conversation in the comments below.